What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Common Men's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, to bring you NBA Fantasy Basketball Week 16 preview. Noah, what's cooking? Joe Shiesty? Who day? Oh, Joe Shiesty is cooking big. Oh, who day, who dat? That's what's up. Oh, dude. What a game. What a playoffs. I I can't believe it, Colin. Last night, my friend, a listener of the pod, Renjamin, he's telling me all last night, Colin, Chiefs are clapping the Bengals. The Bengals have no chance in this game. I said, Ren, the Bengals are the team of destiny this year. Joe Burrow's winning the Super Bowl. Ren says, you're crazy, man. The Chiefs are beating them down tomorrow. And what happens, Colin? Dude. Oh. oh. What a game. You know who the the MVP of that game has to be is that defense, that Bengals defense, because for three drives in a row, you just get absolutely shredded up. Realistically, four, they got bailed out by the Chiefs just absolutely messing up. Mahomes throwing into the flat with five seconds left. Like, he knows better than that. Like, I was shocked that he did that. Because think Flat about that, Mahomes. Oh, I haven't heard that one before, but I like it. <laughs> like, Noah, they kick that field goal, they win that game. All they do, they, they settle for the three points instead of trying to play hero ball. And I get it, at that point it's 21-3. to three. You're sitting there thinking, like, this could be the kill shot. Like, they're not coming back 24 points. But, yeah, uh, I just feel... I love Mahomes, Colin. I feel bad for the guy. You know, some people are saying he's a first-half quarterback, but uh, I feel even worse, Colin, that he, you know, his wife and his brother <laughs> are just very un- unbearable Patrick Mahomes fans, and that's the part I feel the worst about for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, I don't know if I said it last week, but the biggest knock that you can have on Patrick Mahomes is that his wife and brother are, like, pretty annoying, and that's it. <laughs> There's nothing else bad you can say about the guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, I uh, oof, I will be watching the Super Bowl on February 13th, Colin, from Batesville, Indiana, in a bar full of Bengals fans, and I can't wait for the Bengals to win. You know what? I, I, there's not an ounce of me that thinks it would be cool in the slightest for the Rams to win. The Rams yeah. just—that's not an interesting franchise to me. I don't like. I I really don't like Jalen Ramsey. Okay, but what was the deal with him, John, with Robbie Gould at the end of the half? Like, what was that? Did they go into that I don't at all? No, Did... like, no. <laughs> I I don't know. I just don't like the. I don't like Jalen Ramsey. I'd much rather see the Bengals win. The Bengals are like for the people. Oh, the Bengals are absolutely—they're the people's team. Not to mention that Jamar Chase absolutely won my fantasy title this year for football by posting 60 against the Chiefs. So, you know, he's got a soft place in my heart. But, like, Joe Burrow and just the whole ethos he has with part of my take, just who he is as a dude, oh, how can you not root for him? Yeah. Um, what an NFL playoff it's been, Colin. It all culminates in the Super Bowl, Rams v. Bengals, and I'm excited for it. One more football game left in the season, Colin. You know what? I, I, 
I don't like to hear that, but what that does mean, Noah, is that the NBA is starting to heat up. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. Yeah. I mean, we're week you know, sixteen here, Colin. Yeah how how did that happen? That that's still that, that's a little nuts to me that we're a couple weeks away from playoffs. We're like a month away from playoffs right now. Time has flown. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. The time has flown. It, it really doesn't feel like we're that far into the season, but here we are. Here we are. Um, in terms of fantasy, Noah. Like, we, I just, in recapping this year, it was such a weird year with all the COVID stuff, because we didn't really get that as much last year, which is kind of crazy, because when when you think about, just generally about COVID, I associate, like, the first, like, post-bubble year way more with COVID than I do this year, but just everybody has it this year, everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's it's making it interesting. What I do like, Noah, about the play-in tournament is I feel like we've got way more teams trying this year than we have in years past. Yeah. Yeah, the East is going to come down to absolutely the last day of the um, season calling for almost one through ten seeding. Um, the East is yeah. going to come down to the last couple games of the season. The West is very competitive still. Um, the one through four race is competitive, and then the five through eleven, five through twelve race is pretty competitive. Uh, the league, the league's in a very good place right now, Colin. It really is. Think about this, Noah. The Nets are two games out of being in the play-in tournament. The Nets. I know Kevin Durant and and Harden and Kyrie, but still, like, think about that. There's a very real possibility, Con. Uh, Brian Windhurst was talking about it, and like, mm-hmm. you know, he he gets like the best possible models, um, and that the Cavs have had the thir- the Cavs for the rest of the way, Con have the third easiest schedule the rest of the season. Um, they've actually had a quite front loaded hard schedule. Um, the rest of their schedule is third easiest in the NBA. There's a real chance, Con. I'm not putting it on to you. Brian Windhurst said this, not me, Con. That. His model had the Bulls finishing as the seventh seed, uh, and just imagine I mean, like a, just imagine a like Heat Bulls two seven first round matchup. Like oh that's a God. banger of a matchup. All of these matchups are bangers. Yeah, I mean I don't like that Brian Winher is saying that, but realistically we're four games out of it. Like <clears throat> we're right there. Anything can happen. The Seventy Sixers were the sixth seed two days this, ago. Con. I was thinking this, Con. I don't think the Bucks want anything to do with the Cavs in the first round of the playoffs. Um, no. It's really interesting, Con, because the the Cavs just play very differently than any other team in the NBA. Um, you know, they're playing two traditional seven-footers, three mm-hmm. when Laurie Markkinen or Kevin Love is out there, and teams just aren't used to seeing that. Um, so on a game-night basis, they're just catching teams off guard, and Mobley is immediately in probably the top five list of dudes, Colin, that I would want guarding Giannis. Um, Seriously. Very, very, very interesting matchup, especially with Brooke Lopez out. Yeah. I mean, they're a team that you kind of have to shoot the three ball well against. Really, like, yes. if, if you're not doing that well, it's it's really going to be tough to beat them. Especially, especially <laughs> Mobley if Darius Garland. Hopefully, now just offense. have block parties. Oh. They do. They do. 
I don't have it in front of me, but I'd love to pull up like a stat of like how many games this year have Mobley and Allen specifically had five plus blocks just combined. I bet I bet it's like higher than it ever should possibly be. Here's um, I'd love to do an episode column where we rank our top duos in the NBA, and mm-hmm. I'd be very interested in seeing where Darius Garland and Evan Mobley end up at. Right now, I, I think I'd call it Jarrett Allen and Darius Garland. Well, in that, I feel like we'd be projecting, not just going off who's the best. Okay. Duo. Like, who All could right. be the best? Ooh, that, that is interesting. That is interesting. Because um, it's not like a flashy duo, you know? Because I think there's teams that have that are far worse that have flashier oh duos. God. You know? Nobly, 71 blocks on the season, Colin. Jared Allen, 58. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. The most recent wow, game against actually... the Pistons. So they make up for a. They've had a total of 129 blocks, Colin. Miles Turner is tied for first with 118 blocks. Who do you think he's tied with first for, Colin? I mean, instinct would tell me Rudy Gobert, but the way that you're asking this question makes, makes me think that there's somebody else on there. Um, oh, why did I. Mm, give me DeAndre Aiden? No, he, has, he, he hasn't played enough. Nah, true, 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 true. He's played, like, 30 games. Uh, I feel like Giannis could be up there. Giannis is 11th. Oh, it, it was, oh. It was... Wow, I'm looking at it. Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> you looked it up, bro? Come on. <laughs> well, after I guessed three times, I figured, you know, might as well. I was going to tell Fine. you it was my MIP pick. Oh, your MIP pick, Jaron Jackson Jr.? Wow, 118 out of Jaron Jackson Jr. You like to see that. I mean, you got to figure that the Grizzlies have the third best record in the NBA for some reason just out, not just John Morant. You know, somebody else has to be doing something correctly. <laughs> Man, shout out Jakob Pertl, dude. Tied with Evan Mobley at 71 blocks. That guy is a sleeper, fantastic fantasy pick, Colin. Oh, dude! I uh, the the Bulls played the Spurs on Friday night, and I watched Dejounte Murray and Jakob Pertl mess us up. It was rough going. <laughs> we let up our like third worst of the year, one hundred and thirty-one points. Dejounte Murray was just a god. Damn to the Spurs! Yeah, it was it was a rough one. It was a rough one to watch. We were close too. I also I had a seven leg parlay and all of my legs hit except the Bulls winning, so that was kinda of tough. <laughs> it's fine, Con. The Pacers literally got domed for hundred fifty eight by the Hornets last week, so Yeah. Yeah. Remember when <laughs> Kelly the... ran ten threes on us. <sighs> oh, I did, yeah, I did see that. He posted like thirty nine, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember I like just looked at the box score and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, who just went off? And all the starters had like fifteen to twenty points, and I was like, "What?" And then I scroll all the way down, and it's like <laughs> Kelly Oubre, thirty nine points. Baby. It was it was one of those games, Con, where I wasn't watching because you know why would I watch Pacer games anymore? Really, but uh, the score line was just so absurd. I was like, "Dude, I have to watch." Like, I, it was like. How is this happening? Like, I have to tune in for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. 
all right. Well, let's get into the schedule for this week. If uh, you think we're ready to do that, I do. Okay. All right. Good to know. Uh, so the schedule, week 16. We've got a pretty standard schedule. Uh, about half the league's playing four games. I'm not going to read off those teams because they're playing four games. But we've got about 12 teams, actually exactly 12 teams, playing three games. Charlotte, Dallas, Golden State, both the L.A. teams, Memphis, Milwaukee, Minnesota, the Knicks, Phoenix, San Antonio, and Washington. And then Utah owners... Look out, you only got two games this week. So if you are Devon, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobbert, uh, Jordan Clarkson kind of guy maybe, uh, uh, you're going to have to make up. Update on the Jazz con. Joe Ingles actually suffered a pretty bad-looking left knee injury tonight. Ooh, uh, I missed that. Not great news. How, how bad? Like, are we thinking... Ooh, um, I know. I'm looking now. He's slated for an MRI. Like, sig- done for the Woj year. Woj called it a significant left knee injury. Ooh. So, yeah. probably an ACL. Oh, God. Yeah, that could uh, that could do it for him. That, that's a they pretty could be going after there. Jeremy Grant now. That's really not a bad pick. That's really not a bad pick. I don't hate that. Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell's been out for a minute now. So yeah, they're floating right now. They're floating. Watch out! All right, Noah. Ooh, this is a pretty uh, even week in terms of games being played each day. This is incredibly <clears throat> cordial, actually. Yeah, very balanced week this week. Uh, number of teams playing each day. Monday we have sixteen. Tuesday we have fourteen. Wednesday we have eighteen. Thursday we have twelve. Friday we have eighteen. Saturday we have twelve, and Sunday we have sixteen. Uh, getting into the back-to-backs on Monday, Tuesday, we have the Warriors, the Heat, the Pelicans, and Toronto. On Tuesday, Wednesday, we have Brooklyn, Denver, Orlando, Washington. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, we have the Lakers and Sacramento. Thursday, Friday, we have Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit, Sacra- San Antonio, uh, and Toronto again. Friday, Saturday, we have Charlotte, OKC, Portland. Saturday, Sunday, we have Milwaukee, Orlando. And Sunday, Monday, we have Chicago. Uh, Chicago with two back-to-backs this week, calling one on Thursday, Friday, one on Sunday, Monday, and then the Raptors as well having two back-to-backs on Monday, Tuesday, and a Thursday, Friday. So look mm-hmm. for those teams for your back-to-back streamers. Uh, low-volume game days, we're looking at Thursday and Saturday with six games each. Uh, teams who play on these low-volume game days, we're looking at the Heat calling about four games on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You could be looking at P.J. Tucker, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, and then a fellow we're going to talk about in just a couple minutes. Uh, Sacramento Kings have four games on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You could be looking at Davion Mitchell, who's actually been playing pretty well as of recently. His last four or five games are really good, Colin, because De'Aaron Fox has been out with an ankle injury. Uh, And Chemezi Metu, the Kings are not a great team to stream at the moment, but... The Kings have a lot of decent potential future value con because we do know guys like Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, and um, Rashawn are all on the trade block, could potentially be moved. Uh, so you could make a potential long-term play there with some Kings players. The Suns con have three games on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Guys from the Suns you could be looking at are Bismack Biombo con, who silently, over his last five games con, is averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.2 blocks and one steal a game. That's not bad. That's not <laughs> bad at all. <laughs> yeah, Bismack Biombo has been eaten while DeAndre Aiden uh, has been out. 
You'd also look at Cam Johnson, who's been playing pretty well as lately, JaVale McGee, Alfred Payton. And then finally, we have the Lakers playing three games on Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. And you could look at Austin Reeves, who I'm a pretty big fan of, Taylor Horton Tucker, who Colin's a pretty big fan of, Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, <laughs> Stanley Johnson. <laughs> Malik Monk had himself a day today. You posted like 30 just had the casual thirty three mid had like midday to call midday today and the Lakers yeah. still lost. <laughs> Man, yeah, this. Uh, I'm starting to think that this Lakers team just might not be at. Yeah, you know they got their championship, Colin. <laughs> they did. They did. Like that's the thing is like the Lakers had some massive drought and they went like a decade in between championships after getting five previous decade so i think the lakers fans will be fine <laughs> hey at I least really you're not have. clippers fans yeah yeah <laughs> but also no we are at the uh point in the season where russell westbrook is starting to play like the best player in the nba again yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> we are in that part of the calendar cycle <laughs> <laughs> he posted uh, 20.7 boards, 12 assists on 8 of 15 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. Ah, he did go 2 of 5 from the free throw line, which you don't love to see. And uh, limited himself to four turnovers, which honestly, for us, it's not bad. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Yeah, but uh, Stanley Johnson was the only one to post a uh, plus uh, box score for the Lakers. So maybe Stanley Johnson is really the key to everything. Flat Stanley. Gotta love him. Uh, alrighty. Noah, let's get into who we're talking about this week. And we uh, we, we picked a cast of characters here. The first, <laughs> as you alluded to earlier, is see if you can uh, find the commonalities between these fellas, is Duncan <laughs> Robinson. He's 60% rostered on Yahoo, only 19% on ESPN. That's kind of a nuts one that we're talking about Duncan Robinson this late in the year because I would gander that Duncan Robinson was drafted in probably 90% of drafts. Yeah, yeah. at the end of – he was probably a very popular pick on in the last, you know, four or five rounds of uh, any of your drafts and – He's been getting some extra minutes lately due to the absence of Kyle Lowry, who's been out for personal reasons, and Tyler Hero, who entered health and safety protocols. Uh, his number, his numbers over the last three games are pretty bonkers. Colin, he's been averaging 23 points on six threes made per game. Um, obviously, once Lowry and Hero come back, this is um, his minutes will dip, and as will his usage. But um, Duncan's been having a pretty rocky season so far, Colin. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of been in a shooting slump. He hasn't been the greatest. Um, he hasn't been in his greatest form. But I'm hoping that these last few games, Colin, have given him some confidence and hopefully he's officially ended his shooting slump that he's been in for most of the season. Uh, when Duncan's firing on all cylinders, Colin, he's – I kind of went, um, you know, liberal here, but – I said top 10 shooter in the league, but he can be a top five shooter in the league when he's really on it, and we've seen that yeah. before. Um, he's he's had he's had three pointing number three point shooting numbers that we've really only seen like Clay, Buddy Heald, and Steph do before. Um, mm-hmm. So this guy knows how to shoot the ball, and after he shot 32 percent from three, Colin, in the first month and a half of the season. Um, yeah. Not what you want to see from a guy you're drafting only for threes. Uh, <laughs> 
He's slowly been improving his efficiency, though, Colin. And I think this run where he had increased responsibilities helped him gain back a lot of that confidence. He's shooting 44% from three in the month of January now. And two seasons ago, Colin, when Duncan was averaging 29.8 minutes, he was a top 100 fantasy nine-cap player. So, Yeah, that doesn't I'm, surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is he is worth picking up, Colin, just for the fact that he, he might be on this hot streak. Like, Duncan Robinson is a guy you're going to ride on his hot streaks and you're going to drop on his cold streaks, and I think he's in a hot streak. Yeah, but, like, I'm looking at his basketball reference page. For about a month now, he's been hot. Like, since yeah. going going back to December 28th, so roughly a month, he's shooting 45% in that month-long stretch. Like... That's the Duncan Robinson that we all know. So that's where I do think it's it's tough sometimes when you're playing fantasy and you look at a guy's season stats and you're like, oh, Duncan Robinson's shooting like 36% on the year from deep. That's pretty ass. And while you're not wrong, in the last month, Duncan Robinson has been a fantastic three-point shooter, one of the best in the NBA, and that's what we expect from him because that's what we've seen from him. So I don't take that as an anomaly. I take that as, oh, Duncan Robinson's like kind of started to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I think so too, and might as well pick him up now. Like, not much risk associated with Duncan Robinson. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, you kind of know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. Uh, next guy, Con. We're still playing. Uh, we're still seeing if you guys can pick up the commonalities here. Yeah. Uh, Luke Kennard, 45% roster on Yahoo, Con, 7% roster on ESPN. Um, another three-point specialist who is benefiting from an increased role with an increased responsibility here, Con. And since coming back from health and safety protocols on January 19th, Luke Kennard has been averaging 3.2 three-pointers made over six games. And in those six games, Colin, he's averaging 16 points, 4.5 rebounds, and 2.5 and assists in 28 minutes per game. His usage rate is up to 20%, Colin, and Kennard um, is going to continue to get plenty of opportunity here while without PG, who I think is not playing the rest of this season. I've been pretty consistent yeah. on that. And we've written about a Clippers dude almost every week for like the last month, Colin. It's a gamble with any Clippers dude. You're... Any of them are bound to go off on a night and then also score two points the next night. Yeah. Um, you're just looking for the most consistent one here, really. We're just playing gamble here. We're just playing the lottery. And, you know, I'll take Luke Kennard with the three-pointers made calling over uh, Eric Bledsoe or, like, uh, you yeah. know, a Reggie Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, – I'd be remiss since we're talking about Luke Kennard if we didn't bring up the idea that he single-handedly brought the Clippers back from a 35-point deficit. Yeah, against the Wizards. <laughs> against the Wizards. I think it is the largest comeback in NBA history is what I saw on Twitter on Wednesday. Cause at That's half wild. Ti- yeah, at halftime they were down nine – the halftime they were down 31 and then came back. So at some point in the third quarter, they were down like 35. That's absurd. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Gotta love that for Wizards fans. Yeah, well, yeah. Wizards fans probably not doing so well on the streets right now. But that night, <laughs> Luke posted 25, 8, and 6, shooting 5 of 8 from deep. I mean. Okay. <laughs> if you did that every night, okay. we. Luke Kennard would be a household name. 
Prove me wrong. <laughs> oh, what's that? You can't? All right, fine. I guess we'll you just uh, move on to the next guy then. The next guy, uh, my, my notes actually, this is interesting because I know this guy is Gary Bird, but uh, I guess his name is Garrison Matthews, Noah? Is that, am I yes. hearing that correctly? Uh, yeah, Garrison Matthews, a.k.a. Gary Bird here, calling Gary with two R's, uh, 9% roster on Yahoo, 2% roster on ESPN right now, Colin. Um, this is a guy out of Lipscomb College, Colin, the Lipscomb Bisons. Um, Garrison Matthews was named the A-Sun Conference Player of the Year for 2019, Colin. Uh, went, up, went undrafted, joined the Rockets this season, and... With KPJ entering health and safety protocols last week, Colin, the Rockets have been giving up the majority of his minutes to Garrison Matthews, a guy who has really only seen an uptick in minutes, Colin, when the... when people have been out is when Garrison Matthews has really seen the most uptick in his minutes and his production, Colin. But he's made the most he's really made the most out of any opportunity he's gotten. He's stepped up all season for that Rockets team. Um, he stepped into the starting lineup on the 28th con against the Trailblazers, played 36 minutes at 21 points, three assists, two steals, and a rebound while hitting five threes. And he's really only a guy that you're going to want to stream for this week while KPJ is out um, in health and safety protocols con. But the Rockets have four games this week. Gary Bird is a very good three-point shooter, so the three-point upside is there if that's what you need this week. And he's still able to chip in counting stats across the board, so... For a guy who's only 9% rostered, might as well. He's shooting 42% from three so far. Or no, 38% from three this season, Colin. Sorry. I mean, we take that. We take that. I, uh, I'm i mo- I'm mostly caught up on the fact that his nickname's Gary Bird. So that's... It's pretty good. That's kind of all I need to know in terms of analysis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I take it. Already know. Uh, let's get into the waiver wire pickups, and then uh, I think we can we can call it a show. Unless you have anything yes, else sir. you'd like to talk about, all right. Buzz me if you've got anything to say about some of these fellas. I know we've covered a decent amount of them, but uh, just uh, hit the buzz. We have PJ Tucker, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Davion Mitchell, Chumezi Matu. Bismack Biombo, Cam Johnson, Jalen McGee, JaVel McGee, Alfred Payton, Austin Reeves, THT, Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, Stanley Johnson, Chris Duarte, Amir Coffey, Herbie Jones, Mason Plumley, Patty Mills, Killian Hayes, Devin Vassell. Okay, you have Grace Nellon on here, but I'm not going to say his name. Uh, Denny Avdia, Trey Lyles, Maxi Kleber, Otto Porter Jr., Matisse Teibel, and Justin Holliday. We, right? No, I uh, I saw a stat the other day that in term it, it was like an advanced analytics thing, and it, the uh, top ten perimeter defenders in the NBA in terms of I, I forget what the metric was, but like on ball defense or something points saved. Matisse Tybel was number one in the NBA with at least five hundred minutes played. Who do you think uh, was number one? Mm. Like Carl Bridges? No, I'll give you a hint. Uh, this guy is a rookie. 
Rookie. Herb Jones. No, that's a decent guess, though. Rookie, rookie, rookie. I don't know. Ayo DeSumo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Right, so it's that's that's crazy. index tweeted it out. So it says top NBA players in our on-ball defensive metric among players with 500 minutes played in the top 10% in matchup difficulty. Io is number one, Tybalt two, Okuro, Fred Van Fleet, and then Drew Holiday at five. Wow, Io baby, steal the draft. Right, I just I saw that and I was like, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. <clears throat> so uh, before we, before we go here, Colin, I have I have a question for you, and then I have a story for you. Um, just quick question: uh, What are we doing with guys? What are we doing with Lonzo and Caruso here, Colin, who both have timetables of six to eight weeks out, or in week sixteen, Colin? Most mm-hmm. most people's championships are in week twenty two. Are we IRing them, Colin, or are we dropping them? Uh, if you have nobody else to IR at this point, which I you know maybe you do, maybe you don't. Throw them on the IR. If not, I, I think you're fine to drop them because okay. there's no sense once you get to the playoffs to have dead weight on your roster. Mm-hmm. Lonzo taking a sweet time getting that surgery too. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to get into that because I don't really know the details. But supposedly he has not actually had the surgery yet. That's uh, that's reported by you to me like last week. So. Yes, and that and I was reporting that from Reddit. So, all right. Well, Reddit's never been wrong. So, all right. We'll take um, that as fast. Last story here, Colin. I listened to this when I was listening to Bill Simmons and Bill Simmons podcast. He had Brian Windhurst on, Colin, mm-hmm. and it's about Aaron Baines. Um, I don't know if you've heard this, Colin, because I had not heard anything about it. it had been actually kept quite um, under wraps, but during the Tokyo Summer Olympics, Colin. Aaron Baines was playing in a game for Australia, and he mm-hmm. went to use the bathroom between the third and fourth quarters of the game. And basically, um, they were playing basketball in a, a football arena, con that they converted into a basketball stadium. So the mm-hmm. run to the bathroom from the bench was about 100 yards. And okay. while, while Baines was running, Colin, to the bathroom, he slipped and fell. And he landed on his neck, basically, and he passed out. Um, One of the staff members of the Australian national basketball team went to look for him, tracing Baines' steps. And when they found him, Colin, they found him in the locker room on a tile, laying on the tile floor near the bathroom. He was sprawled on the floor. He had blood on his uniform. And he had puncture wounds in his upper arm. Um... When he came to it, Colin, he was in a Tokyo hospital where no one spoke English, and he had no feeling in his legs. What? Um, doctors discovered that he had internal bleeding and um, an uncommon pressure on his spinal cord. Um, Baines is a massive dude, Colin. He's 6'10". Yeah. Um, just in the hospital, they had combined two... Um, two hospital beds just so he could rest comfortably. Um, And, you know, Baines described the pain, Colin, as a combination of being burning like fire and being stabbed like knives. Um, Just a crazy situation, Colin, of a guy going to the bathroom 
And he was basically left paralyzed for a little bit, Colin. And he's slowly been working back to um, being comfortable talking about this situation. He still wants to come back to the NBA, Colin, and he's been progressing pretty well. But it's just a crazy story that I had no clue about. I didn't hear that at all. Is it, like, just coming out now? Is that is that what's happening? Like, over the summer, they just didn't talk about it? Yeah, I think he's publicly finally came out and, like, he did an interview, like, a couple weeks ago. That is absurd. It's ridiculous. So what you're saying is that he might have some fantasy value come, like, week 21. No. <laughs> All right. Fine. Fine. Whatever. That's ridiculous, dude. I mean, honestly, shout out him that he was at one point paralyzed like six months ago, and he's looking. Yeah, it took him, it took him eleven days, Con, after the incident happened to take his first steps again. Did he have to? Did they say? Did he have to totally relearn how to walk? Because that's the thing sometimes. Basically, like he's been doing physical therapy for like the last um, half a year, basically. That's that's just wow. That's pretty much all I can say. Yeah, wild story. Um, go read go read an article about it. It's 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 quite the wild read. Um, and on that very happy note, Con. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, <laughs> the Common Man's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. Leave us a like. Leave us a rating. And we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Peace. Peace. Peace.